My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. Sarah Palin has checked back into the game. He is from the private sector, not a politician. Can I get a hallelujah? You ready for a commander-in-chief who will let our warriors do their job and go kick ISIS ass? Look it. People are looking at Putin as one who wrestles bears and drills for oil. They look at our president as one who wears mom jeans. We're paying for some of their skirmishes that have been going on for centuries, where they're fighting each other and yelling Allah Akbar. Like I've said before, let him duke it out and let Allah sort it out. Sam, I do not like his health care scam. I do not like this spying, man. I do not like, oh yes we can. I do not like this kind of hope, and we won't take it. Nope, nope, nope. This week news broke on April 1st actually that former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin is running for Congress and has the backing of Donald Trump. It's not an easy run. Palin is one of almost 50 candidates running to replace Don Young who until his death in March was Alaska's lone House member since 1973. Marion McKeown is here to answer the question. Does the backing of Donald Trump change anything, Marion? What do Alaskans think of Sarah Palin? Well, it depends on which Alaska you ask. I will say that um, about, you know, Sarah Palin has, she has such instant name recognition. You know, she is like, you know, just like James Brown, the godfather of soul. She is the (laughs) godmother of MAGA. She is the total godmother of that whole movement. It was Sarah Palin. You know, Donald Trump, she did the dry run for Donald Trump. Basically, he saw what she did in 2008. He saw that there was a base as a ferocious appetite for her idea of kind of reality politics, which is what his was. Mm. And of course, you know, he would see them. I can do that. I can insult people. I can make crazy claims. I can get myself all over TV and realize that it's, you know, politics in in his version of it is all about self-promotion. It's Mm. just like in her version. So, um, I mean, you know, you have to think, and this is just for a moment, if you think the last time we saw Sarah Palin declare herself, she was dressed up as a singing bear on on that uh, program, the the uh, the masked <laughs> dancer I, or the masked yeah, singer, the, the masked mask, dancer the is a different singer. thing. <laughs> and she was she was singing 
I like big butts and I cannot lie, dressed up as a giant cuddly bear. And of course, from there, it's a natural assumption. What, what else is left but the, but the House of Congress? Well, she resigned. <laughs> she, she resigned as governor 18 months left in her term. And I'd imagine that left Alaskans with a really sour taste. Has she ever recovered from that? Or is just the bear more in more in a long line of slaps in the face for Alaskans? Are they I'm trying to gauge whether how embarrassed they are by her or how much there's a bunch of MAGA people who think that's all fine. I would say that it, it, it really, again, depends on us. There are people who worship Sarah Palin, who think that really? she was the real apostle. She was the real disciple. She has about, you know, a bit like Trump. Her approval rating in Alaska is only 31%. But if you've got a field of 50 candidates and one of them, enough people has heard of one of them to form an opinion, then 31% will actually take you a long way. And the ones who approve of her, ferociously approve of her, you know, then you've got people in the middle who are like, nah, Sarah Palin, she's kind of crazy, you know, whatever. And then you've got the ones on the other side who are like, cannot abide her. But Alaska is an interesting state because it's it's basically a giant social welfare state. You know, I mean, for all the MAGA nonsense, the, the, Alaska is one of the most heavily, if not the most heavily federally subsidized state in America. So, you know, they're 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 all getting the checks basically in one form or another. And, you know, of course, Sarah Palin is supposed to be completely against that. And it's all about, you know, if you're hungry, go out and shoot a moose, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's, you know, that that kind of mm. um, sort of, Simplistic. you know, her like, yeah, yeah, that 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 basically everything's a slogan. Everything's mm. a slogan. And everything's tested for, you know. And and in fact, you know, she prides herself on her moose shooting skills. That was one of the things that endeared her to her fellow Alaskans that she would happily go out and shoot and skin a moose with her bare hands, you well, know. And, and uh, <laughs> October to enjoy every moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking here. An October 2021 survey from Alaska said that 31% of respondents had a positive view of her, even, even, with, and that was post big butts. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but you see, a lot of people will think that's great. I see. This is where you realize when you live in the States that people look at things through two totally different prisms. People who love Sarah Palin will think, oh, she's so fun. Look at her. Check her out. You know, there's nothing she won't do. And and will really enjoy that. And then the people who don't approve her will just roll their eyeballs and go, oh, for God's sake, here we go again. And let's not forget Sean Spicer was on Dancing with the Stars. You know, there is yeah. there, there there is a um, there's a sort of a, a corollary with these people between showbiz because she will fit in perfectly in Congress. Oh, my God, they will like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Bobart, Matt Gates, you know, all the Madison Cawthorn. These are all people who could care less about policy unless it's to do with repressing gay rights or repressing abortion rights. They're the only policies they, that they have any interest in. What they do is they preen in front of the television. They pick fights with Democrats. They say outlandish things. They spout QAnon conspiracy theories. And that is why they were voted in. Well, that is, that's what they were it, sent it for. It might be a ways off, though. 56% had a negative view. That's a significant percentage. Yeah. And, you know, she she might perform well uh, in the primaries, but she'll need to perform very well for her to appear on the ballot she has to be one of the top four vote getters in June's primaries. 
How likely is that? That's right. You know, I think that she could crash and burn, but I never underestimate the craziness of American politics. You know, it could, as I say, with a 30, she has 100% name recognition in Alaska, which none of the other candidates have. You know, if you, well, maybe one or two of them have, actually. But if you've got 50 candidates, you know, you, you, you divvy that out and that's good. You know, most of them are going to poll at below 2% if they, if any of them, if they even hit that. She will probably, out of you know 50 candidates if you can take 30% of the vote out of 50 candidates you're really in a strong position so while I would say that most Alaskans will not vote for her you know they, they only get one congressperson and and you know again it proves the fundamental lack of democracy in American democracy because Alaska only merits one congressional representative and yet and yet it has two senators. It has two senators. Uh, so, you know, whereas California, which has about 40 congressional representatives, has, has only two senators as well. There's a total disconnect in representation in American politics. And given that the Senate really has all the power, I mean, the only powers um, that that uh, Sarah Palin would have as a congresswoman would be the power of the megaphone, would be the power that she really already has, which is to get in the news by saying outrageous things, by doing outrageous things. But also, when she started out, she was this kind of hockey mom sort of woman, ice hockey mom who had, you know, five or six children, a big hunky husband, and they presented this very kind of all-American family. Well, that went off the rails very quickly during the campaign with John McCain because she was constantly on the take. She was charging McCain, I think at one point it was well over $100,000 to dress her family for an event that she, she had to turn up to as vice president. Like she Whoa, reloaded. On. She charged who? Who was paying? The campaign. Oh the, my the, the John, John McCain's campaign. So she billed him for everything, basically. And of course, you know, normally travel expenses, etc., would be covered by campaign. <laughs> but kitting out your entire family, putting them all up in fancy hotels, no. like she went on the take with a vengeance. <laughs> I mean, that's an and then, expense of course, again. The family, the family stuff came out like the son of who course, was who was yes. shipped out to Iraq and and you know the the daughter who she was you know the, who was mm. pregnant as a teenager it happens to a lot of teenagers but there was a sort of and then she and the husband had a messy divorce and you know they're, they're basically they're not the all American family that they were portrayed as basically well, let's let's just leave it at that I have <laughs> so. I have one more question on Sarah Palin but before we move on you're listening to an Irishman in America our American politics podcast on the Irishman abroad podcast network this is basically a patreon exclusive you're listening to this on any other platform you're listening to the early parts of our show but there's so much more coming including the u.s preparing to hit russia with fresh sanctions in response to the civilian killings in northern ukraine we'll also talk about oklahoma lawmakers and how they've approved a bill that will make performing an abortion a felony except in the case of a medical emergency what does that mean and what will what happens next there? We'll also get on to the January 6th Select Committee descending into the realm of farce, some believe. Uh, is anybody even watching this? Does anybody really care? Don't we know everything we need to know about January 6th? Well, they've interviewed pretty much everybody and Marion's going to tell us where, where that goes from there. And then we have a great listener question to come in at the end in relation to Will Smith. If you want to hear the rest of our show, 
pop over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad and just start supporting the show. It's the only way I can keep making it weekly with Marion uh, and we'd love to have you on board and in return you'll get access to absolutely everything we've ever made over the last eight years. A huge, fully searchable archive. Here's my question on Sarah Palin. If she resorts to, and I think it's a good enough bet that she will, this kind of tomfoolery, this uh, uh, you know, playing to the gallery, any stunt will do, uh, lowest common denominator stuff that we're predicting, does that impact how the general public will react to that kind of stuff heading towards 2024? Does America have a limited resource of patience and time for this kind of stuff? Or is it just they'll lap it up, that crew just will take it? I There's just a part of me believes, Marion, there's a breaking point for even this stuff. You know, I don't know because if you look at she as we said starting out she's been endorsed by trump she got the trump endorsement now i don't think that'll bring her any more votes than she already has so she's already got those people in her in her corner you know um but i it seems that there is now i think i'm one of the few people who believes that trump that that the air is going out of that balloon and i i do think that to a degree in that republicans are because as we said, I, I think it was about six weeks ago um, when we were talking about Ukraine, Trump aligned himself so much with Putin and made him his big idol and his big hero. And he couldn't placate Putin enough and he couldn't flatter him enough. And, you know, foreign policy, there's an old saying in America that foreign policy will never win you an election, but it can lose you an election. And I think the atrocities that we're seeing on a daily basis that are coming out of Ukraine, the savagery of this war, which we knew it would be, or at least anybody who'd been watching what happened in Syria knew it, or Chechnya. And, you know, it's it's just, it's turned people, like, it, it has really just repulsed people, what we're seeing, and outraged people, and, and thank God it has. And I think that, you know, the, the fact that Trump is still kind of making half-assed, if you'll pardon the expression, excuses for Putin and, you know, that that he praised his genius move in in invading Ukraine, etc., etc. It's not for, you know, the MAGA crowd, fine, fine. You know, he's got them already. But I really think that independents and moderates and people like that, as this gets worse and gets uglier, and who knows where it's at in another two years, I think that, that, you know, people are kind of looking at Trump as, yeah, yeah, but really, is this what we want in a leader? This is America. Uh, and, and you know, I, I just think that it's certainly given Republicans an excuse to dump them quietly. Well, here's, you know, here's my prediction on, on that. And we've watched this take place a few times since we started this podcast, that he is the ultimate weather vane, uh, Donald yeah. Trump, and fantastic judge of where people are headed and where the public opinion is going and a great man to jump on board at the right time in the right moment that if we continue to see these kind of atrocities and you know more and more as you say americans are repulsed by just how grotesque what is unfolding truly is would you see there being a tipping point when he runs with a line of uh, I can't stand no more. Uh, and no, this this won't stand. If he feels public opinion going that direction, Marion, what's to stop Donald Trump from pivoting towards enough's enough. I'll be your guy to take this man out. He was once my friend, but no longer. 
Nothing really. And, you know, he's keeping his powder dry in Zelensky. He, at the moment, he's trying to hunt with the hounds and run with the hare. So mm. did I get that backwards? Uh, but anyway, because <laughs> I usually do. Um, but but uh, by saying, you know, what a great guy Zelensky is and look at and, you know, our phone call was perfect and he defended me, you know, and he's doing all that stuff. That's his, that's his standard line. You know, Zelensky and I are buddies, even though he wouldn't give him a White House meeting, even though he withheld the military aid that had been already approved by Congress as he twisted his arm over the Biden. You know, but he's 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 claiming that, you know, that was a perfect call. Zelensky said it was a perfect call. He defended me. But, you know, I think the problem is you have this is the problem with the Internet and with Twitter, etc. You have the picture of of like Trump invited the Russian spymaster general and the for, that reviled foreign secretary now into the Oval Office. He brought them into the White House for a meeting. He pushed out American journalists, only allowed in Russian media. He was pictured in Helsinki on the same stage as Vladimir Putin, defending him against his own CIA, his own intelligence, saying he believed Putin essentially over his own people. So I think, yeah, the MAGA crowd, whatever Trump does, they'll run with it. But that is less than 40% of, of Americans. You know, it, it really is like at its core, it's probably about 30, between 30 and 35. And I think that a lot of people will look at Trump and think, nah, you know, it's too risky. You're too risky. You're too combustible. Certainly um, moderates and independents and Republicans who've been itching to distance themselves from him, which is probably only about 10%. But, you know, we'll see. I, I think at this stage, I'm going to make a long shot. I'm thinking that Mike Pompeo is going to be the one to watch. Everyone's talking Ron DeSantis at the moment, the Florida governor, who's another clown, basically. Um, but I think Pompeo might be the one to watch in 24 for the Republican nomination. But look, we're only in 22. And, but this is what happens with American politics. We all jump into the next pond, you know. Mm. So, yeah, yeah but... But we, we could, you know, you could have, you could have a 2024 with Sarah Palin and Donald Trump both in Washington D.C. Lord, <laughs> I mean, it's it's all it's all anything. The, the only thing I've learned from American politics is that anything is possible, and the less likely it seems, the more likely it is to happen. Well, uh, we've watched a truly terrible week play out in Ukraine. Yeah. And uh, the U.S. has said that it's preparing to hit Russia with these fresh sanctions after what are obvious war crimes. Uh, the sanctions on Wednesday, they say, will target officials and their families with reports suggesting that Putin's daughters, Maria and Katharina, uh, will be hit by American and EU measures. What does that mean, Marion? And what are you hearing in relation to this? I doubt that it's, I imagine that it's cold comfort to the people that have lost people over there. You know, honestly, Charles, what, what people are glad that there are more sanctions being applied, but this incremental turning of the screw, which is in fact how the Department of State even describes it in briefings, is people, I think, are just thinking, come on, what will it take? I think, you know, America is ahead of the game on sanctions. I mean, obviously, it's, it was easier for America to do an oil and gas embargo because only 7% of America's total energy came from Russia. Now, that's a chunk when you think of how much energy America consumes, but it's nothing like the 29% of, uh, you know, that of degree to which Europe depends on Russia for 29% of its oil and about 40% of its natural gas. The only thing that's really going to, you know, I, I saw the, 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 um, the EU foreign minister who I, who I 
really do admire. He's a very frank speaker. He said yesterday, or, or the day before, I, I beg your pardon, yet we've given Ukraine a billion dollars in aid. This is the EU. But we've given, since the war began, but we've given Putin 35 billion euros, sorry, not dollars. We've given Putin 35 billion, while we've given Ukraine 1 billion. And that is the asymmetry of this war. And that is the problem with sanctions and the way they're being imposed, that the one sanction that would really hurt Putin, which would be an EU embargo on oil and gas imports from Russia, is not happening. And it's not going to happen. And Putin knows that. And I think that that's allowing him to settle in for a long, savage war, because until, you know, and as I say, it's so unlikely that that would happen. But until the EU just turns off that spigot and starves him of that money, you know, there's no real, the American sanctions are an irritant, I would say. They're an irritant. Yes. And, you know, America is talking about how the, the, the fiscal sanctions, etc., are really affecting Russia's ability to do business, you know, being locked out of of um, the, the SWIFT um, financial system, etc. But not all of the Russian banks have still been sanctioned. So to me, I, I just don't see at this point the logic there. Look, you know, initially the logic was, well, we want to give Putin wiggle room. We want to give him an off ramp. We want to show him that, you know, we're willing to dial things down and, we're you know, we're willing to moderate, to twist the temperature according to his acts. Well, his acts have gone beyond yeah. the pale. They've gone beyond the pale now. You know, and, and so why, what, like, what more can he do? What what can he do that's worse to a degree? We're only talking a matter of, of scale, really, at this stage. The number of people who die as opposed to the, the type of atrocities. Uh, and, you know, so I can't see what else really he can do. OK, chemical, biological weapons. But what, what are they saving these additional sanctions for? And really, what is Europe going to do? Is Europe going to keep the EU putting money in Putin's pocket, a billion dollars a day, which is what it's at the moment it's giving him a billion a billion euro I should say a day um, in oil and gas imports. So while that money's coming in, he's he's still got money. He's you know the the price of oil and gas has skyrocketed. He's he's okay financially. You know yes of course having his daughter's sanctioned that that was done now. I I was at a Department of State briefing and they said of course the reason he did that the reason that that was chosen was that a lot of these oligarchs will hide money in their children's accounts or in their children's names or whatever and that that would be a way of you know freezing those assets but you can be sure that if Putin had money in his daughter's accounts it has long since been moved somewhere else you know so so um I, uh, Marina I really want to ask and over on Patreon you can hear all the rest of this discussion because there is more to sift through so we'll say goodbye to our soundcloud and itunes listeners now and i'll ask you this question just about the general temperature or level of attention that's being paid to what's going on in the ukraine by the average american Uh, we will talk of course about the january 6th investigative committee in the same kind of way, it's, it seems like Will Smith got way more attention than what took place this week. So I'd like to get your opinion in uh, over on Patreon as to exactly what the average Joe uh, thinks about this and exactly how much news they're watching in terms of keeping up with this. Yeah, and the degree to which it's impacting Biden and his his uh, 2024 run, which I think is another really interesting angle on it as well. It's not paying the dividends, you might think. 
So come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad to hear the rest of my conversation with Marion and get XL episodes with Sonia Sullivan on a Tuesday. And of course, this Sunday, our guest is none other than Richie Sadlier, who has an absolutely extraordinary new book out that anyone with kids needs to have in their bookshelf. I cannot get over this book. Uh, it's called Let's Talk, and it's all about understanding relationships sexting everything that we didn't have any reference for as kids richie has written this book and it is something else i'll be sitting down with him face to face an actual human being opposite me this (laughs) sunday on the big interview and the only way to hear the whole thing is again by coming over to patreon.com and supporting the show ready you have the cameras rolling this is america A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy. 